Hi, this is Marsha, and thank you for tuning into this podcast. I talk about everyday stuff outside of work that interests me, and today I would like to talk about what makes people attractive. Not just physically attractive, but emotionally and psychologically sexy. There is such a thing, and I've personally met um, well, a handful of people who are attractive without trying too hard. Some of them may be physically beautiful, but some people just radiate an aura or energy, and it's irresistible to both genders. Of course, when I meet people like them, um, I'm envious beyond belief because for the rest of us, we have to spend money shopping for the right clothes, makeup, maybe correct a few few personality flaws in order uh, in order for me to be like them. Right? These people just attract people like bees to flowers. Have you met someone like that in your life? If yes, think about, let's just think about what it was about them that made them attractive and not just in the physical sense. Like, what do they do? How do they speak? How do they react? Do they look you in the eye? You know, um, stuff like that. Let me share something with you. There was this singer, that's this singer that I find particularly attractive, not because he's physically fit or handsome, there's this confidence and calmness about him that makes me swoon. And not only did I love the way he sang and his songs, I am so besotted with his calming and soothing speaking voice and manners. But that's just me, I guess. Some people prefer guys who are more energetic, sporty or outspoken. So. Let me tell you what I found about attraction, lust, love, and traits that make people attractive. Stay tuned. So let's get the first thing out of the way, which is sexual attraction, Uh, something that everyone thinks about when it comes to the topic of how attractive someone can be, right? So first, the elephant in the room has to be, you know, out of the way. Sexual tension and attraction. This comes in a very strong, powerful, and primal way. I feel funny saying this, but it's true. So can we control who we are attracted to? Personally, mm, I've tried and I don't think it works. (laughs) That's because since I was young, I found myself often attracted to the bad boys and it never ends well with them. I felt horrible about falling for them and then I tried to change my preferences. But even when a really nice guy who treated me like a princess and took perfect care of me told me, that he liked me, I would say 90% of the time, there was zero attraction. How unfortunate. I tried going up with them, but it didn't work. I promise you this, I hate myself for it. I shouldn't have been so distressed about it, actually, because attraction of this type is controlled by a part of your brain called hypothalamus. When we encounter potential partners, the the is it hypothalamus or hypothalamus? 
science scientist please correct me if I'm wrong because uh, I'm not a scientist hypothalamus should I stick with it I'll stick with it naturally this part of our brain releases dopamine and serotonin and that's why people feel their hearts racing or they have butterflies in their stomachs within the first few minutes of meeting someone Another factor that comes into play when it comes to sexual attraction is scent. And I totally believe in this. I don't always agree with it, but there are times when I meet someone new and I don't feel attraction instantly. However, after spending some time with them and I kind of get a sniff or a whiff of their natural scent or the cologne that they're wearing, something in my brain kind of like, goes wonky and changes. There are also so many researchers and um, and, and science-backed studies done on this topic and it goes as far as to indicate the following traits as influential factors that help us identify life partners. And it's really kind of like, mm, yeah, there are eight of them. I don't agree with all of them. But the first one is genes. Mm, we'll talk about this later. Lightness in stature, education level, race or ethnicity. Kind of agree with it. Um, the third one is lightness to our personal preferences, like hobbies or personality. This is pretty obvious. Number four is similarity to our friends and family. I've yet to figure this out. For example, like um, you, some... Um, some people believe that you tend to like someone who is like your mother or you tend to like someone who is like your brother or uncle, depending on who you're attached to. And then number five, physical attraction, which is related to health, youth and fertility. Uh, natural, I, I, I believe in this. Number six, opinion of our circle of friends and family members. This I can vouch for because I have fallen for this freaking thing because everyone within my work, uh, my my workspace, they kind of like shipped. Go go check it. Go go check it out and Google it up. What shipping is. Okay, so people keep saying, you guys look so good together, you know, you should get together, you should get together. And then, and then our opinion of that person naturally changes. Number seven, how media portrayed attractive people. So if the media, uh, this is what I figured, right? Um, and it's been mentioned by my son who have observed uh these kind of things. I don't know what he's been looking at, but um, in the West, people tend to be attracted to uh, men or women who are strong, aggressive, outspoken, and not afraid to speak their mind or use or to uh, highlight their... Um, strength physically physical strength and in the east uh, things are a little bit different because we tend to like you know equate attractiveness with intelligence 
and uh, personality. I think that's I think that's how it's, it kind of works out. And number eight, intention. Okay. Uh, this is I really really uh <clears throat> agree with because uh, some people uh interact with the opposite sex, um. And their behavior depends on whether they're looking for someone for a long-term relationship or a short-term relationship. Short-term relationship meaning flings, right? I'm not surprised with the fact that men and women weighed these factors differently when deciding to pursue another person in an effort to form a relationship. Attraction is instinctive and primitive, no matter how we look at it. This is the sexual part of it. So when I looked around for answers for if we humans can possibly overcome these instincts, uh, unfortunately, it wasn't all positive news. I was hoping for like, you know, um, a positive answer as in like, you know, yeah, we can overcome it. But no, <laughs> apparently not. First of all, we must be aware of what kind of person we want to be attracted to. Then we need to uh, be open-minded about our attractions. For instance, if I am attracted to someone instinctively, but later on find out that he or she is the bad apple in the basket, there is a chance for me to change my mind by focusing on the negative points displayed by this person and then convince myself that it would be a mistake to move forward with this particular person. The result could be a process of engaging in our higher order thinking. This is like so woo-woo stuff, but I believe it happens that when we engage with a different type of thinking and we psych ourselves up, it could result result in a more intentional process of finding potential or better potential partners. So the good news is that it is possible after all. Yay! So, um, like I mentioned earlier, I find calm and confident people attractive, but not to a point of being overly confident, boastful, or aggressive. Having a calm influence is attractive to some women because uh, I'm calm to a certain extent. When I go into panic mode, I, I need actually need someone to be more uh, who who's calmer or more assertive because you know um, yeah <laughs> many times uh, I'm thrown into a situation whereby I I don't know what is going on I dwell a lot in this phase if I am panicked I tend to either hide or ponder for a long, 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 long time. I need someone to drag me out of that space. Most people are stuck in that situation, like me, 
and we would be asking if there were or everyone around us or we are making the right decisions are we capable of making decisions how how are we you know how are people looking at us even when they're not involved in the decision making process is this making us look stupid i don't know so calmness and composure ranks up quite high amongst not just me but amongst women but i think it could be the opposite for men here's a really ridiculous example please don't crucify me for it i love captain america aka chris evans more than hulk or iron man this is because captain america is logical although sometimes he's triggered he is the more reasonable one of the lot at least to me correct me if i'm wrong that's why studies found that men are more desirable when they're tough and like uh full of testosterone testosterone is the kind of hormone that makes you want to put up a fight when um someone disagrees with you or when someone challenges you to something major stuff like that you know testosterone is also linked to more masculine features uh, physically like you have more hair you have jagged jaws and then you have like that deep uh deep eyes like tom cruise you have like defined muscles or even thick eyebrows this other kind of stuff right everything a woman is not these are points discovered based on research and science it's not just me <sighs> do i agree with it mm, no but let me be clear about this i've always fallen for men with a lot of testosterone and let me do this really quick i've never been in a man's world i've lived my life as a girl and woman lady and a woman and the most innocent kind in fact i've learned to raise two men two boys two babies two boys two men <laughs> on my own so all of us were clueless uh i didn't know how to shave and they didn't know that women had period so their my kids dad tried his best but i don't think we found the balance to me as a woman i'm absolutely aware of what makes women attractive when i was younger obviously i was about how open we are to sex and procreation honestly <laughs> is it going to be just a fling or is it going to be just a long term thing right this is actually how women think but still looking back men who are filled with testosterone were more attractive <laughs> okay on to the next topic 
we are going to discuss about behaviors of attractive people who are not uh yeah onto you sexually it's going to be like you know behaviors like you know are you going to listen are you um successful and stuff like that so hang in there and continue to listen so let's delve right now into the behaviors of attractive people now um i thought about this really seriously and evaluated my past reactions to people i found attractive and i came up with a couple of traits um by reading online and i thought these people possessed a certain type or a kind of personality trait uh that i found to be attractive instantly as it turns out some of them were pretty much true so let's start with calmness i've mentioned this before but uh here we go calmness is someone is more attractive when they are calm collected and sincerely caring some people may be calm quiet and but conceited or arrogant but there's a type of calmness that is exceptionally sexy <laughs> they give off the vibe of someone who knows what he or she is doing or appear to have things under control no matter how chaotic things become you feel secure and may let your guard down because you know you can depend on this person even when something goes wrong right personally i find calmness and confidence very attractive um you can yeah yeah you can tell me otherwise however this cannot be true for everyone i have friends who like outgoing people who take the initiative they are funny uh they easily break the ice during awkward moments and and these people are very street smart or street savvy they are not technically calm because they are quick on their feet and often react or respond to situations on cue so to be fair it depends on your preference but still i if i had to choose i would choose someone who sat in the background and reacted when the situation calls for it right people who react to everything or try to be funny maybe fun to be around but for me they're not attractive per se <laughs> uh but that, that's just me you please correct me if i'm wrong well The second point that I'm going to talk about is people who are listen listening to you when you talk, right? Some people say that they they're good conversationalists or they have good impersonal skills, but the way I see it, people are more attractive when they're really present when they're talking. Instead of looking for the right timing or the right moment to chime in, with their own two two cents or their own thoughts uh and experiences into the conversation someone who is genuinely interested in what you have to say is very attractive instead of trying to be funny 
They're fully in, pre- in the present when they're talking to you or sharing their advice when asked. If you observe someone who is like, you know, um, keenly in listening to what others are talking about, like they're leaning forward or they're like, you know, oh, cocking their head to, a, to the side. A lot is communicated via body language, eye contact and small nods or even just cocking of the head or changing of positions and the way they choose the the time to respond or uh, react, right? You'd be surprised to see the difference between someone who is really interested in what you have to say versus someone who is there waiting to add their own two cents into the conversation. Maybe that's why I find reporters who are genuinely asking questions uh, to find the real genuine answer, interviewers, and also maybe some journalists and writers who are very confident, calm, and collected, they're very attractive. So the third physical and mental um, trait that I think make someone attractive is actually warmth. Some studies have found that people who are open to providing physical and and emotional warmth are highly attractive. Now, let me dive into this a little bit more. This is compared to people who are physically overwhelming, aggressive in their actions or they look like they're ready to take you down the moment you show signs of weaknesses, right? So it's quite impossible to be attracted to someone who's ready to tackle you to the ground. <laughs> oh, never. For example, <laughs> if I were at a party and there's someone within the group who appears to be completely comfortable in his or her skin and yet smiles when we make eye contact, that's a positive sign. I'm not talking about the wink-wink, ah, shall we, kind of smile. Instead, it's the kind of smile that says, hey, nice to meet you. I'm glad to see you here. Or something along the lines of saying, you know, oh, would you like to have a chat with me? It's so, it's so, you know, um, groundbreaking for me. Uh, because I try to do that a lot, and not a lot of people are able to do it. Okay, so if you're having trouble fitting into a group or find yourself in an awkward situation, this person may even help you break the ice by inviting you over to sit next to him or her and start a conversation. This is absolutely like the creme de la creme. Radiating warmth and non-judgmental mentality is extremely important to me. So think about it. Imagine the above situation and think about the kind of behaviors that would make you feel less like an outcast outcast or someone who's like, you know, yeah, the wallpaper behind you. 
<laughs> you see that most of the time, the person is attractive regardless of whether he or she is physically attractive, simply because the person took the initiative to include you. Inclusiveness. Yeah. So, yep, that's the third point. This is something that I find really, really attractive about someone because it's really not easy to do. Uh, People who highlight the strengths of others. I'm not talking about people who pour empty promises on others or someone who puts others in a spot by intentionally putting people up on a pedestal. There are people like this and this when this happens, it would actually make the third party feel like they have to live up to something big or huge. You know, there's an expectation that's placed on their shoulders before they even get to know you know, strangers. It would be nice to be recognized for our talents, experiences and skills, but some people tend to go overboard with praises. No, I'm not talking about those people. Those are actually no-no people. No, 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 no people. They are in fact trying to overvalue your skills so that in the event you fail, they they might look good. I have a group of friends or uh, people I work well with for a very long time and when we meet up, um, this guy is the king of moderation. He would not just moderately highlight the things that I do and would also make it believable. He does not oversell me because he knows it would backfire towards me if too much pressure you know uh, is applied on me the way he introduced me it would be something along the lines of like oh hi this is uh by the way this is marcia she's my friend and she's a digital marketing and social media professional and i've worked with her for the past five years i cannot vouch for anything else but she has shown me the kind of tenacity and perseverance i would want to see in many new writers the world and competitors have evolved and while she struggled for a bit, she still came up within the top few people I admire in her field of work. I found that so charming. This kind of behavior made me realize that this person has no ex- external agenda. He or she was speaking, simply speaking the truth, you know, uh, of what he, he or she thinks of me. I might be wrong, I don't know. Maybe it's just practice speech but he did it so well that I think I believe that he meant that from the bottom of his heart and when he told people that he admired my tenacity and resourcefulness there's 80% chance of it being true because he has personally told me this before and I yeah and I'm so grateful that that was what he really meant And that's when I realized that people who are successful or people who are your friends, uh, who are genuinely your friends, uh, would not hold back on helping others because, you know, we might be threats in the future. Okay, this is how it works. Okay, Okay, so like let's say you have a successful friend, right? And he helps you out or she helps you out and you become successful in the similar field uh, or you know similar people you might become competition so it can be 
you know, like kind of a threat in the future. So insecure people tend to highlight the hidden faults of others and hope that others will realize it in the future. And after thinking about the interaction for a while, my conclusion is this. People who are attractive leaders don't really care about promoting themselves because they already know they're successful, they know they know their own personal position. They deep dive into their own thoughts and wonder who is the next person to take over. They know they're not going to do the same thing over over and over again for the next 10 or 20 years. So they focus on finding the next successor. When he or she finds the right person to take over or the right person to, you know, herald something or, you know, take over a project, instead of feeling threatened, they feel good about themselves. That is so sexy. It's a sign of someone who is not afraid of, you know, abdicating his position or find new things to discover and develop or even, you know, um, develop new relationships, building new relationships and it it just spells to me an amazing leader you know leaders are undoubtedly attractive because they sometimes seem like they've forgotten their own greatness or the power of the, their influence over the people they talk to or meet instead instead <laughs> i think they um they focus on making others look good and feel great i i, I think many people find that attractive and highly highly magnetic Well, this next trait, uh, uh, I think a lot of people might agree with me, and yet I, I have a feeling that a lot of people might disagree with me. Uh, for me personally, I find people who don't try too hard tend to be a bit more attractive than people who, you know, go over the top, you know. Um, people who are funny appear to easily be witty without trying too hard. The same can be said about people who are attractive. If someone is trying too hard to be impressive, it speaks about perhaps their lack of confidence in that department. When someone is constantly bragging about themselves and their achievements, it's a big turn off for me. I don't know. You know, uh, maybe you can say something like, you know, if, if, Let's say um, Tom Cruise is, he knows he's handsome, he knows he's attractive, he knows he's successful, he knows everything that's good about him. But I don't find him attractive. Say what you must, but <laughs> that's me. Uh, but yeah, like I said, maybe it's just me, but bragging is a trait I associate with people who are either self-conscious about what they're trying to do or they're trying to sell me something. Mm -hmm. No, no, I don't need Tupperware or I don't need new makeup and I, I, no, I, I don't need extra insurance. (laughs) Being, being a natural company doesn't have to be a chore with people who are naturally confident, calm or attractive. Attractive people don't feel the need to impress people and and they tend to listen more than they talk and that contributes to their mysterious nature. You know, I can totally see that being a problem. 
why would I be attracted to mysterious people when I can be attracted to people who are transparent, right? <laughs> but I'm <laughs> wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. I believe this trait can be learned and honed. That's because although I'm not afraid of the stage as a singer, I actually freeze on the same stage if I have to give a talk or lead a presentation. Ah, I've heard people argue that it's the same thing, but I opine differently. It's a mindset and self-control we can learn and adapt to whenever the situation calls for it. Although I still become breathless and a nervous wreck when I have to present something, I am calmer now than I was before. <laughs> Please clap for me. It's a miracle because a singer technically should not experience stage fright. But I did. <laughs> Which means I have found a way to overcome my fear of presenting something instead of singing. Uh, but uh, maybe like emceeing something is still a problem for me. Yeah. Um, but the fact that I manage presentations without breaking down uh, it's like a life breakthrough moment and here's what I learned I'm comfortable and confident in my own skin as a singer because I know I like and can possibly sneak past my flaws and mistakes it comes naturally to me but when I have to do a presentation I feel like people will spot my flaws easily I am so uncomfortable uncomfortable even okay truth be told even doing this podcast is a huge obstacle for me because uh, I'm not singing <laughs> and uh, I have to talk consistently and relay my uh, opinion and thoughts just by speaking, it, it is an obstacle that I cannot understand. So what I did was to get comfortable with being myself. Yeah, just being myself. Accepting the fact that I will fully embrace my flaws and all because I am sure everyone, everyone, everybody listening to my presentation can relate to my mistakes and anxiety and then go on to focus on my strengths and the points that I'm trying to put across. It is a major, 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 major problem for me. So, but people who can do, you know, uh, who don't try too hard to appear confident despite the fact that they're, they're totally frozen, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of attractive because you're being honest, right? Yeah, so a tip I can give you based on what I've learned is to be at ease and get comfortable in your own skin. People sense, they sense that when you don't try too hard to impress them and they start to gravitate towards you. It's, it's really kind of funny. This is a human nature that I've discovered. Please disagree with me. <laughs> Before I start, uh, I'm going to say that, you know, I want to remind everyone that this is just my personal opinion. You can have your own preferences and I'm going to repeat this over and over again, okay? So, 
the seventh uh, trait that I find um, attractive in people are is it our sense of humor and humility. I don't know about everyone else, but I often laugh at myself, even when my kids tease me about my non-YouTube pronunciations, I have a bit of a Malaysian international English accent. Or when I struggle to wake up in the morning because I'm not a morning person. I don't defend myself because it's the truth. <laughs> I, I, just, I just can't. I, I tried throughout my life. I tried, but it just... <sighs> Having lived with them for more than two decades means there's no point in defending myself at all. And laughing it off is absolutely my best option. Well, here's my saving grace. Um, I think I'm, I have the ability to uh, n not take insults too seriously. Um, it's very different when I was young. Uh, I was very defensive. I was very sensitive. But uh, as I grow older and wiser, hopefully, uh, I have become a, a slightly different person. So uh, I'm going to um, talk about something that I found on the internet and based on my research on various uh, topics around uh, humor and humility. And this is based on a research done by Dr. Madeline Strict, who is an associate professor of social and behavioral science. What it shows is that heterosexual women find themselves attracted to men with a good sense of humor. No surprise there. And that's not all. Couples who laugh together stay together because men with good sense of with a good sense of humor also prefer women who laugh easily with them or at them or with them. Ah okay. no difference. <laughs> To me, it makes sense because a couple who enjoy a similar sense of humor may, may patch things up faster when things get rough. And just like any other relationship, things get get rough. Don't 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 give me that oh blessed blessed hashtag thing on Instagram. Yeah. So when um when these couples go on dates, they might actually enjoy, genuinely enjoy the same type of movies, they find the same comedian funny, or they could easily enjoy fun activities that they mutually enjoy during dates. Like, you could be car going to a, I'm not going to say karaoke, because that's American, I'm going to say karaoke, because that's the correct pr pronunciation. Challenge me! <laughs> Um, experiments done on brain activities show that when couples connect through these fun activities, the positive feeling, feeling, the part of the brain in charge of activating positive feelings comes alive when they're doing it together. It doesn't matter what the activity is. It could be like, you know, putting puzzles, puzzles together, like a, a 10,000 piece puzzle. Or it could be, you know, I don't know, taking on a thrilling ride at an amusement park. 
polar opposites. But, you know, uh, as long as it's fun to both of them. But, on the other hand, I personally find humble people highly attractive. I don't like aggressive people. And that, please note, again, my caveat is this is my own personal preference and opinion. You are, are absolutely free to have your own taste in men and all women. Um, yeah, I ask myself why very often. Because aren't popular people who are outgoing and fun more attractive than people who appear to be grounded, down-to-earth, or people might even think of themselves as um, walkovers, like, you know, pushover, walkovers, uh, boring, you know, non-aggressive, not, mo- not unmotivated. Uh, undeniably, even when we watch movies, we go, wow, that is so damn cool. When the protagonist does something like fighting off 20 attackers, wah, 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 power along with intelligence and popularity, tend to go against the trait of humility. True. But some people believe that likable people are humble enough to know that they're good or great, but never always the best, at least, at least not forever. They are wise and humble enough to embrace their power while they have it but know that they are different but not all that powerful over everyone else around them that is bound to be one or two persons who is different and um, calls for a different kind of skill set it's not easy finding someone successful who is not boastful or arrogant this is what i've found my life is if someone powerful and successful can maintain genuinely maintain and believe in remaining grounded is extra extra saucy and sexy (laughs) they don't even have to be physically attractive in my personal opinion for real the secret sauce apparently is that successful people who remain grounded and humble makes them likable for who they are instead of what they can do for the people who idolize them or like them for what they have achieved and can contribute towards other people. Okay, so let's assume you meet you meet someone who is really successful and um it, it but he is he or she is always full of him or herself, how long do you think this relationship is going to last? Like I said, this is just me. Please, no hate. Funnily enough, I found friends and colleagues who who like their partners to be overconfident and make decisions because they, they would rather not, you know, and they prefer to follow along and enjoy the ride. So when they're going out with someone who yields to them too much or asks them for their opinions too many times if they think it's a turn off so that's uh, the polar opposite for me so it's a toss of, of the coin it's ultimately your call your preference your likes and your life 
you've just got to figure it out. In both my personal and professional life, I've always made it a point to tell everyone that I'm only human. One person may view me as an extremely good writer, while another person thinks I suck. (laughs) True story. Another person thinks that I am an amazing singer. Whoa, I should be up there like with Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey. This is not an exaggeration. And this is the kind of pressure they put on me at the time. So, But then I have been criticized and told not to leave my day job, which is a writer. <laughs> Irony. I take pride in both singing and writing. And it kind of like hurts my pride. But side note, it led to an online flame war <laughs> that I regret to this very day. <laughs> we have reached the end of this podcast. Um, it- I, uh, to follow up on what I just said before this, I don't do online flame wars anymore. Trust me, it's it's a complete waste of time, and you're arguing with people who don't even know you. Don't do it. <laughs> but let's wrap this up. It it's been highly entertaining and enlightening for me to come up with this podcast. You. You can find it in a written format in my blog or you can listen to it on Anchor or even on Spotify. I will try to post a link to Spotify in the description. It's a little bit tricky right now but I'll try to do it. You don't have to but if you are a Spotify subscriber, please hit the follow button. I will be eternally grateful. Uh, by the way, I'm not sponsored by, sponsored by Spotify. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> to wrap it up, there are actually combinations of traits that make people attractive. And it is not a black and white situation. What I found here is actually a combination of research research that I've done and then I pick things that I think sound right to me. Come on. The reality is that you, you can have the hearts for women with um, voluptuous bodies or someone with brains that could steal your heart. I I can fall for the quiet, wise, humble person while you can find your partner for life at a, the regular gym. Life is different for everyone, so there's really no right or wrong answer. So to end this episode, I just have one piece of advice. Go with the flow, listen to your instincts, but if your instincts led you led uh, past tense led you down the wrong path, listen to your brain. <laughs> listen to your brain. Uh, sometimes instincts go wrong. 
Sometimes the brain is the best thing God has ever given you. I am posting this at the end of 2022. I wish everyone a happy new year and a merry Christmas, really. And may you have fewer fights with your family members over dinner. And may you also have more bonding, understanding, empathy, and compassion, which is bloody needed in this world. Have a blessed new year. Bye for now, 2022. See you next year. Oh, but wait. P.S. Don't forget to click on the links to my socials, websites, or follow my podcast if you. Think it's mediocre. <laughs> I will be moving things forward in 2023, and if you're interested in listening to human-related topics, culture, food, parenting, motherhood, work, digital marketing, please follow me. I'll try my best. Leave me messages, please. Do leave me messages,、uh, so that I know what you want me to work on too. I'm really, really, really engaging. Seriously, I listen to a lot of people. So see you in the next episode. I promise you, I will be more consistent. So, see ya. When I was re- researching, you know, like the the kind of personalities that exist in this world, it's a whole mishmash of everything. Even when I do the,、uh, you know, MBTI test and I do the quizzes and all that, it it all comes back in half truths and、um, kind of like you know, half right, half wrong. But I believe today a lot of people do、um, all these personal personality tests. So let's do something a little bit more fun instead of factual and dry, because I did the same personality test multiple times, and no matter how how I try to be more honest, the next round I do it, I keep ending up with one type of personality, which is ENFP. Okay, go search it up. One time I got in NFTP, and I thought, "Huh, what?" <laughs> But yeah, if you've not done those tests, try them out. It's fun, but it gives you a little bit of insight of what you are, what kind of person you are, ENFP or ENFPs, who are true spirits. They are outgoing, open-hearted. And open-minded, they they game for anything fun, exciting, new, and has potential. That's the description for my personality. And do I agree?、Uh, yep. <laughs> so try them out. It's online. It's free. Do it. The reason why I'm talking about this is because you you need to understand yourself, you know, and from. What I know, I want things to be fun, lively, happy, upbeat, challenging, new, modern. Yes, I'm not afraid of being in the spotlight. But let me just say this: that that's not the point. ENFPs are campaigners. 
apparently. We also use these opportunities, the platform or the a stage that we have to create and form deep, meaningful and emotional connections with others. Because my life matters even this, when I'm on stage, but so's yours, you know. So truth be told, if I was given the, the spotlight, I am always looking for a link between the ones on stage and the ones off stage. I want to connect both. So most people who are involved with narcissistic people tend to share the same trait. You know, uh, unfortunately, we use our imagination to show enthusiasm and sometimes like it becomes in, like infectious with the people we, we engage with. You know, it can't be helped. So I thought, wow, in, ENFP people are freaking awesome. We can do everything. Here's where we went wrong. And, okay, here's what went wrong. Please don't take this the wrong way because this was how the texts were written. But I have to desexualize the situation. I realized that I have um, a few misconceptions and, yeah, I'm going to address it. My initial thought was that narcissistic people like flashy people or, you know, people on stage, people who, uh, you know, exactly as I described earlier, you know, people who are powerful, who are ambitious, who have money, who are in the high society and all that. I thought narcissistic people prefer homebodies women with no ambition, women or men who value family over careers or people who are simply clueless about what kind of partner they want for the rest of their life. As it turns out, it's not true at all. And as I described earlier, the idea that narcissistic people are attracted to emotionally dependent partners who are low on self-confidence is absolutely untrue. Instead, they're attracted to strong, confident, and self-assured partners. I recommend doing research on psychology today to find out more about the reason why, but I think it all boils down to um, the fact that insecure people with these traits you know, feel deep down inside that they're not showing up enough for the rest of the world, including their own family members. It's true. Because the narcissist know he or she is lacking in that department. So he or she is looking for someone who can make him or her appear that way in the eye of the public or socially. And this I found really interesting because there's another way to look at this, right? The confident, self-assured partner may be easily swayed with compliments because the narcissists know how to do this, right? If they're doing, if the partner is doing really well in their lives, a narcissist might consider them as a parent figure. Figuratively speaking, of course, but it's someone who can take charge, 
manage things well, make decisions, uh, or create their own successes, success stories very quickly. Psychologically speaking, partnering up with such a person who is able to show kindness and empathy is a natural magnet to those who want to create a persona they want others to see. Absolutely. But if you think about it, right, um, if this happens, don't you think the narcissist would think that uh, this is just, um, just another conquest? <laughs> so, um, let's stop ranting, okay? Uh, if I have only the time to advise people about this, it would be this. If your partner appears to want too much alone time, it is a red flag. It's fine if we give each other alone time. It is needed because in a relationship, everyone, including your kids, okay, when they grow older, everyone in your family, you, your husband, your wife, or your Whoever is in your family, your kids, all we all need alone time. But the, what a narcissistic person will do is to instill a sense of isolation and dependence from you that you think is unnecessary. For example, when you go out of your way to help out his or her business without extra cost, or inconvenience, they reject it. Okay? They insist on being alone. They will think that your presence as a kind of intrusion and they may never want you to, to go out with you on a date ever without your kids. You know, it's, it's fucking annoying. And the strangest thing is, it's not strange, but they prefer to spend their me time with their friends. And they reject introducing you to his or her friends of, or family. This is absolutely a red flag, guys. It's absolutely a red flag. In, you know, uh, when you're in sync with your partner or your spouse why 